Welcome to the Two Top Podcast, the weekly podcast where we go over different topics in the world. I'm your host, Thomas Lance, and I'm here with my co-host, Matt Berg. How's it going? You can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Make sure to follow us on Twitter to stay updated on the latest episodes. Now let's dive right into this week's episode of Two Top. Hi there, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Two Top. I'm Matt Berg, and today... We have a very short special for all of our listeners to enjoy. Joining me in the studio this morning, or rather his kitchen, is Ryan Vogel. Ryan will be standing in for my co-host Thomas while he is conducting vacationary research abroad. So I want to give a warm welcome to Ryan to the Two Tap Podcast, and I'm looking forward to hearing what you have planned for us today. Hey Matt, thanks for having me. So Ryan, do you know what polarized sunglasses are? Um... Better sunglasses? Yes, better. Some might say even more expensive sunglasses. Well, today I want to explain how the polarization of lenses works, okay? All right. So recently I was just in the market for a new uh, pair of sunglasses and I figured I should go with the more expensive, obviously, pair and get the polarized lenses, you know? So why did I need the polarized lenses? What, What was the benefit? I mean, why am I paying practically a hundred dollars more for something that says p on it you know so i dove into some research and i I just wanted to find out what exactly is polarization so to begin we're going to say light waves from the sun or an artificial light source such as a light bulb vibrate and radiate outward in all directions this light travels in something called transverse waves meaning the light photons particle movement will travel perpendicular to the waves motion So if you picture, it looks like a wave, you know, just on a microscopic level, just cruising the wave. So whether the light is transmitted, reflected, scattered, or refracted, when its vibrations are aligned into one or more planes or vectors of direction, the light is said to be polarized. Interesting. So the light itself is polarized. That's the common misconception. The lenses aren't polarized. The light going in is polarized light. So moving on. Polarization can occur either naturally or artificially. So I'm going to give an example of some um, polarization you might see every day. So say you're fishing in your favorite fishing boat. You like fishing. I, I know that. Yeah. So you're sitting in a boat. You look into the water, and you see a glare, a real nasty glare. You're like, ah, I wish I brought my sunglasses. That glare off the water is polar light that could not, um, that could not penetrate the light or could not penetrate the water's surface. That wa- that's why it reflects off right into your eyes. So it's, it's like uh, bouncing off almost like a mirror because the light waves can't penetrate the material at that particular direction. A lot of light does. That's why you can see inside water if it's clear. You can see the bottom. The light goes through the water, most certainly, but not all of it does. That's why it might reflect. So the reflected glare off the surface is the light that does not make it through the filter of the water. So essentially it has, a, has like a UV filter. Um, and this is the reason why you often cannot see anything below the surface, even though when the water is very clear with that reflected light. So now we understand what polarization is. Um, it's when the light rays can penetrate a substance due to the inability for the light to penetrate the substance at a particular angle, breaching a particular plane of the substance. So now, let's go take a look at the actual polarized lenses, or should I say, polarizing lenses, okay? So, let's understand what a polarized filter is. A polarized filter passes only the light that does not match its orientation. 
Only the part of the light wave that is not aligned with nearly microscopic slots in the filter can pass through. Everything else is absorbed. The light coming through the filter is considered polarized as it has breached the plane due to the direction of light waves being aligned with the plane itself. So polarized filters are most commonly made of like a chemical film that's applied to transparent plastic or a glass surface. The chemical compound uses or the chemical compound used will typically be composed of molecules that naturally align in parallel relation to one another. When applied uniformly to the lens, the molecules create a microscopic filter that absorbs any light matching their alignment. Most of the glare that causes you to wear sunglasses actually comes from horizontal surfaces reflecting horizontal or reflecting vertical light. So that could be like a, a roadway or a highway or the surface of water. So when light strikes a surface, reflected waves are polarized to match that angle of the surface. So a highly reflective horizontal surface such as a lake will produce a lot of horizontally polarized light. Therefore, the polarized lenses and sunglasses are fixed at an angle that only allows vertical polarized light to enter. And that's why when you turn your head sideways on sunglasses, the polar effect disappears because they're only adaptive to vertical polar light coming in. So when you turn your head off axis, the light can actually pass through that filter. And it's just a thin film on top of the lenses that's treated. That's what you're paying for $100 more to get that polar filter. So the obvious mistake is right in front of us. Like I said, it's not actually polarized lenses. They're polarizing lenses that polarize the light that comes in. So... What do you think about that, Ryan? It's very interesting. I definitely wouldn't have known any of that. Do you own any um, polarized sunglasses? I do. Yeah? I do. How, do. how do you feel about it now? Do you feel like you, you paid too much money for sunglasses that just have like a, a, a thin film on top of regular lenses? Or do you want some fancy glass in there? I mean, I guess uh, I'm happy that I have the polarizing lenses in there now. Yeah, polarizing. I'm glad you used the uh, yes. I mean, I, term that's correctly. A, that's a big difference, I'd say. All right, Ryan, so now that we know what polarized lenses are, would you like to take us into another subject matter? I don't know what you have prepared, but uh, go ahead. Yeah. Let's see what you got. Thanks for having me today, Matt. Well, today I wanted to give some interesting facts about painting. So first, let me tell you, uh, as you already know, that I'm a painter, not the artsy kind, but uh, the house kind. I thought you uh, enjoyed Bob Ross painting. Well, I I do enjoy Bob Ross, but uh, that's another thing. A little different. So today I have collected some interesting facts about paint. Uh, To start off, the color purple became associated with royalty because at one time only aristocrats could afford the expensive pigment. During Roman times, it took four million crushed Moloch shells to create one pound of purple pigment. Did you just say four million? Four million. The White House is white because of the original lime-based whitewash that was used to protect its porous stone surface. It gets painted every single year. Do you know who paints the White House every year? I do. Oh, you do? I do not, but that would be a great job. What a gig. That would be a government-funded painting project. I would love to be like the contractor that's in charge of that. I'm sure it's like an internal team of specific White House painters that are security certified certified and, and cleared. Yeah. Well, the Greek philosopher Plato is credited with the discovery that you can mix two different paint colors together to produce a third color. I'm trying to think what two colors make what color, from, you know? Like, um, is it... Bob Ross would know. Oh, blue and yellow make red, is that true? Yes. How do you make green? Yellow and blue? Yellow and blue. Wow. That's Play-Doh. Yes. It's 
Play-Doh. That's way, way back. All right. You got any more facts for us? I do, yes. The first interior painting was done roughly 40,000 years ago in what is now known as France by prehistoric cave dwellers who employed stencils in some of their work, even spray-painted by blowing paint through hollow bird bones. So you said they were spraying paint as early as cave dwellers. Yes, 40,000 years ago. 40,000 years ago. So it wasn't quite the spray can that we all know, but you know what? It was the same idea, getting that that air spray paint effect. Very modest uh, approach. Yeah. Various paint colors have proven to help the body heal itself. For example, red can often help depressed people regain vigor, while green has been shown to relieve stress. Why is your room pink? Do you think it helps with the th- uh, youthfulness yeah, to I your lifestyle? So. It helps me wake up in the morning. It gets a good start to the day. Mm-hmm. You know, happy colors are always good. Hmm. I'm sure it affects kids early on if their age is uh, in the single digits or the younger years of life. I guess the color might affect your your outlook. Definitely. Maybe I'm if you're sure a parent, you should really think about um, what color you paint your child's room because yeah. it might affect their mental well-being. Who knows? Anything. In the Middle Ages, manuscripts were illuminated with paint made from ground semi-precious stones and egg yolks. The first glow-in-the-dark paint. When was that? When was that? The Middle Ages. The Middle Ages. Not to be confused with the End Ages. (laughs) The prior to Middle Ages. The prior to Middle Ages. Wow. So they they had glow-in-the-dark. Did they use that on Bibles, did you say? Was it, um, I don't know. I guess manuscripts, like manuscripts. that could be, that could be biblical yeah. text or other type. It could be anything from the yeah, ages. Yeah, anything. But it's pretty impressive that they had glow-in-the-dark that long ago. Among the Aztecs, red pigment paint was regarded as more valuable than gold. Yeah, gold? More than gold. I guess because it was so hard to find anything that would create the pigment of red. I'm assuming they used uh, like like berries red berries yeah, to I, I guess they would need a ton of it to make like a like a brilliant red color so yeah i guess they jack the value of that way up mm-hmm. only the emperors could have that the next fact is the golden gate bridge has always been painted the same color since it was completed in 1937 the name of the color is international orange now many people think it's like a red Bridge, but I guess it's more of like an orange. Color. I mean, after all, it's called International Orange. Yeah. Who would have thunk it? I wouldn't have. You would not have thunk it. It took Michelangelo only four years to paint the famous ceiling of the Sistine Chapel in the 1500s, but it took 20 years to restore it in the late 1900s. I guess they they were taking their time. They could, you can't mess you can't mess up a masterpiece. I guess. Yeah, they didn't want to mess. A that lot up. of money probably went into that. Also, yeah, four years is a long time, though. And finally, the color wheel is actually older than the United States. It was developed by Sir Isaac Newton in 1706. The classic color wheel. Bob Ross is familiar with the color wheel. Bob Ross is very familiar. And I know you have a color wheel poster in your room. I do, yeah. And many people can mistake it for a rainbow, but it's actually the the color wheel. Like It's a logical arrangement of how color is arranged. Mm -hmm. Am I I correct? If you mix two colors on opposite sides or... And yeah, and whatnot, and how like they're different, like opposite spectrums. Yeah. I, I just want to pull up a color wheel and look at it because I, I can't picture one in my head right now, but uh, I'm going to head up to your room and look at yours. Yeah, please do. 
that's it for today. Those are some real interesting facts about paint because I know I know you deal with paint every single day. But I mean, did did you know these facts uh, prior to researching them? I did not. Which uh, this is why I was very interested to look these things up and learn more about the paint. Well, folks, you heard it here. Um, we uh, had our special guest Ryan Vogel in the studio today. Yes, or, thank you for having me. Uh, more like uh, his kitchen. So it was a pleasure having you on this uh, summer vacation special while our uh, other host, Thomas, is away. And uh, we hope you can join us another time. I mean, maybe we can get you on with uh, both both the uh, head hosts, make it a three-top. Who knows? I would love that. Who knows? All right, folks, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week for another episode of Two Top. This was Two Top, an independently created and run podcast created by Thomas Lance and Matt Berg and produced by Thomas Lance. Two Top is currently a non-funded project recorded weekly. For general inquiries or feedback, contact us at twotoppodcast at gmail.com. Thanks, and join us next week for another Two Topics.